Loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired, to create a deeper life, to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I'm Cheryl Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief where we talk every week about the transformations that can come from loss. I'm so grateful to have you with me, and I hope you'll go to the Good Grief host page at Voice America to like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and connect with me on LinkedIn. Today I'm here with Amakela. Very excited to be here with Amakela, the author of Embracing Dynamite, a step-by-step guide to your best life through the power of sound and spirit. She unlocked her own self-expression and healing in a burn unit after a near-fatal hate crime. Told that she would never walk again, she now travels the world using her music as medicine program to help others lift themselves out of painful circumstances. Amakela's music and presence opens paralyzed voices and transforms wounded spirits. She is a lay ambassador for the United Nations, working with refugees worldwide and her nonprofit, International Cultural Arts and Healing Sciences Institute, ICASI, develops innovative programs to unlike, di- unlock dynamic living and authenticity. She has worked with NGOs, universities, corporations, and in private workshops to open paralyzed creative potential. She has also sung all over the world with many accomplished musicians, including Sweet Honey in the Rock and Pete Seeger and sang by special invitation for the Dalai Lama. Her unique and powerful voice is found on many recordings, including the recent Being in Love. And you heard her a moment ago because she also created my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful theme music. Welcome, Amakela. Thank you, Cheryl. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to be with you. Oh, me too. (laughs) Uh, Really, as soon as I started thinking about this show, I... You were on the original list for sure. I just really wanted to talk with you because you you have had such deep experiences of loss that have led to su- such beauty. So I appreciate you being with me. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for your graciousness. Of course. I I want to start just by, obviously, you do a lot of things. What does your life look like these days? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the day. <laughs> uh, let's see. Actually, I'm currently working on my international tour for my latest album that you mentioned entitled Being in Love, which got released at the end of 2012. And it's a rework of standards from the roots and jazz genres of music and encapsulates the many aspects of love, like the gooey newness of love to love for your heritage and your community to the love you feel for your unborn child. Mm. And I'm also working on building and sharing my organization, ICASI, which you mentioned. And that's been a very powerful thing going around the country as well as internationally doing the music and culture programming and having these different places and spaces where I can do workshops and presentations and performances and, you know, go from classroom to boardroom and everything in between and really share uh, the power of music as medicine. And um, I've also been doing a lot of uh, vocal coaching, uh, vocal production, and composition work for radio and movies. So it's exciting times. Thank you. You have a lot going on. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I have some sense of how all of these things fit together. And you've mentioned uh, your healing direction with your music. Mm-hmm. But could you talk more about how you connect them in your own heart and mind, how you connect all these different things you do? I know you've worked with kids, too, which we didn't mention. Uh, how do they all weave together? Oh, thank you. You know, there's just so much to do, Cheryl, and there's so much that we can all teach and share with one another. I really feel that it's our calling as a people to not stay isolated in our own separate worlds, which is made so much easier by the barrage of technology. You know, we put our headphones in, we turn our little 
computers and I this and that on and we can just kind of separate and I really mm-hmm. feel that it's important for us to act as bridges to access one another which hopefully will lead to acceptance of our differences and inspire peace and you know honestly what better bridge is there than music mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we agree on that yeah. <laughs> can you think of a time that uh, in maybe your recent past that you've used your method that's really worked and tell me a little bit, bit about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Oh, wow. Gosh. Um, let's see. What comes to mind right now is about several years ago, I had the honor to partner with a wonderful organization called Intersections International, uh, based in New York, on a project called the Iraqi Voices Amplification Project. Mm. And it was a team of 12 individuals from the U.S., and we each brought our specialties to the table. So there was a cultural ambassador of dance, a cultural ambassador of theater, of photojournalism, etc. And my specialty was music. And we went to Lebanon, Jordan, and Syria to gather and hear stories from the Iraqi refugees in those locations. And our charge was to bring those stories back and put them into our chosen art form to share with people here in the U.S. to help personalize these stories and to bring to light their plight and put it in a heart space. Because, you know, when you hear it on the news and you hear these crazy numbers, it just Mm -hmm. feels like a bunch of craziness happening way over there. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to have anything to do with it. And so you kind of remove yourself. So we were trying to infuse art into their stories so that people could really relate and get to it. And honestly, there are just so many stories to share, but I, I, right now I can recall on the very first day we were plopped, well, me specifically, and one of my colleagues was plopped onto a bus full of about 60 refugee kids who were staying at this undisclosed location way up in the mountains because they were in hiding. And I remember this, you know, this visceral experience of them being afraid and shut mm-hmm. down and not knowing who I was or what I was, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I walked in there looking like me. <laughs> Dreadlocks. Your beautiful self. <laughs> and in a situation like that, it can either get really good or go really bad. So mm-hmm. I just, I started singing songs and handing out instruments and laughing and hugging and tickling them. And they woke up like fireworks in the night sky. They just, mm. they were sudden explosions of color and laughter and loud singing and drumming. And they were kids again. And honestly, that was just true magic. Mm. And then, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, was oh, just, I, I just was wondering if you could remember anything you sang together. Yes, I was actually going to share a song uh, from another story in another refugee home, a mother was telling us about how she missed her daughter and her grandchildren and how they were still trapped in Iraq with the war happening and they couldn't get out. And she just kept saying, I have no memory anymore, only sadness. There's no history. Mm-hmm. I'm a shell. I don't feel anything, just mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I started singing her this song and it, it goes like this. And she just began to cry and cry, and I just Mm, held her, mm. and we cried together for the loss of her children, and she said that it healed her, that in the camaraderie we shared, the two people, we didn't have anything in common, our history, our language, our stories, just that moment, and the cracking open of that heartfelt space through music. That's, I'm feeling that story right now as you're talking, Mm. just what it would be like to be with someone in such a a critical moment in their life and to feel some sense of heart opening must have been really amazing. Yeah, it really was. Mm -hmm. Mm. So tell me something about all the places you've been, uh, (laughs) <laughs> that that was Iraqi refugees. What what other places in the world have you wow. have you been to for this work? Yes, you know I have traveled to 
Kazakhstan, Tajikistan, uh, Sierra Leone, uh, Cuba, China, Taiwan, Lebanon, Jordan, Syria. My gosh, you know, the list is uh, incredible. Just in these past couple of years, I've been to uh, over 3% of the world, and it's been really powerful to go to these different massive continents like Central Asia and Africa and to feel even within their countries, the similar uh, vibration of the energy of that space. You know, mm-hmm. some people call it a geopolitical space. I call it a spiritual, cultural connection. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do think that at the end of the day, the, the takeaway that I got from all of that was that we really are all the same. We really all want the same things. We want peace and safety and love and harmony and, and abundance for ourselves and our children. And I think that if we could all just get to that, we would, we would stop the fighting over the silly stuff that, you know, separates us. Mm-hmm. Truly. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Have you ever have you ever been fearful being in any of those places? Or mm. uh-huh. <laughs> yes, actually, <that's laughs> those are a lot of places. <laughs> yeah, those are a lot of places, actually. But it was beautiful. I was in Palestine, and I was invited to be an international celebrity judge for their very first Palestinian idol. And <clears throat> you know what they did was they they brought. Uh, you know, thousands of refugees together and they had a singing contest and whittled it down to the 10 finalists. Mm -hmm. And from those 10 finalists, it was myself, the Palestinian minister of culture and uh, another one of their honored musicians there. And the three of us got to choose in this huge, huge cultural palace uh, full of their friends and family that had come to see them from their performances similar to American Idol. And (laughs) uh, what I think, although well-intentioned, you know, to have this kind of contest, when you're dealing with uh, people that have already experienced such loss and, and, tumultuous times to not win at something like singing mm-hmm. is, is extra hard. Mm-hmm. And especially when it's your child on the stage and they mm-hmm. don't get chosen as the winner mm-hmm. to sing, even though everyone in there got to equally vote. We were just kind of like mouthpieces, like good job. Mm-hmm. Hooray. Sing it again. Um, when the winner was announced, um, people were in uproar and I suddenly saw this swarm of people rushing towards me because I was the only one not from that country. Mm. Um, and they thought that I was the one that was mm-hmm. to blame for their particular child not winning. And so I remember getting whisked away by oh, my goodness. the security that was there to ensure my safety. And it was the first time I realized um, that because our culture kind of values these contests as yippee, but there's another one coming next season. Uh-huh. Um, we have kind of a levity to it that they didn't necessarily have. Mm-hmm. This was their opportunity to shine as displaced people, as, as folk that wanted to, you know, have something to be victorious about. Mm-hmm. And um, we took it too lightly. And so it took a lot of kind of reworking and reshaping and, and, redesigning the conversations that I needed to have with all of those children, especially mm-hmm. afterwards, because they felt so, so sad by their loss. And I was letting them know that, you know, the prizes, everybody gets to be on the CD. <laughs> you know, it was just kind of what was chosen and helping them kind of work through their, their feeling of low self-worth. And, and it was that, it was that moment where you, you go, you know, we, we have to kind of all be on the same page. And, you know, people talk about competition is great, but competition destroys. And I think that if we all kind of were like, yay, everybody, this is one mm-hmm. of the times where yay, everybody was really Would necessary. have worked. Well, I can also imagine that, that that experience connected with their own sense of loss in lots of other ways. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yes, in that moment when I saw thousands of people coming towards me with angry faces, I thought, hmm, I don't know if I'm going to be victorious. <laughs> uh-huh. <Particular> battle. <laughs> and that was, you know, you were, you were relatively protected in, the, in there. It was still fearful. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were just seriously outnumbered. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Well, I want to switch gears just a little bit sure. to your CD oh. um, because, uh, as you said, it's it's got love songs of various kinds. It's it's different from the work you've just been talking about, and and yet I just feel it to be so connected, and and it can it has come out of this time you've been having going all over the world. So I wonder if you could. For my listeners, uh, talk a little bit about the connection. Mm-hmm. Yes, actually, I was still making the CD as I traveled around the globe to these places and was completely inspired by all the ways people continue to love, even in spite of the most dire circumstances mm-hmm. and horrible tragedies. And I really tried to infuse that absolute desire and willingness to love into this album. And actually, that's why it's called Being in Love. Mm -hmm. It is the active act of loving fully and being in love. And I got to tell you, (laughs) yeah, you know, another um, example of that was just thinking about when I was stopped by Hezbollah. That was another scary incident. And singing helped me. Let's come back to that, but let's let's hear a little track off your CD because we're about to go to break. Great. Sound good? Yes, this is Para Nae taking it to the streets. come back we'll be talking about what led al michaela to this work in these few minutes you can go to good grief homepage to like us on facebook follow us on twitter connect on linkedin you can go to my website you can go to al michaela's website at amichaela.com and like her page on facebook we'll be right back have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. 
listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. This is Cheryl Jones, the host of Good Grief. You can find me at Voice America and at my website, www.weatheringgrief.com. Today I'm here with Alma Kayla, author of Embracing Dynamite, Worldwide UN Ambassador, Healing Refugees Through Music, and also an accomplished musician of her own music. I'd like to talk about how you came to do the work you do, but first, do you want to finish up what you were talking about right before the break? Uh, you know, honestly, it was just another story of um, transforming a scary space into um, a, an opportunity to recognize that everyone has a gentle heart space that they can tap. Um, I was stopped by Hezbollah with several of my colleagues, and um, he had a gun in my face and said that he really needed to... Uh, detain us because one of my colleagues took a picture in an area that she wasn't supposed to take a picture. And he was so in the place of doing his job Mm -hmm. that as we sat there and everyone else got nervous, I just got really calm and peaceful and started humming and singing and talking to him, even though he didn't speak English and I didn't speak Arabic. Mm -hmm. There was a connection there and he let us go. And Mm. um, it it was another opportunity to recognize that we just have to just really be in that moment, pure love, be in that moment, be in love. And that's really, when you were talking about the album, that was part of the reason why I named it that. Why you named it that. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, Being present in that love space all the time, active engagement of love. And because I know you, I know that um, you've had some times where doing that was a big challenge. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if you yes. would, if you would talk about the hate crime and what happened with you. Sure. Yes. Ah, wow. Okay. Well, um, I was about to go to medical school and my treat to myself was going to the Michigan Women's Music Festival right before mm. I was going to start school. And I was in a field of flowers and um, I heard a bunch of women shouting, but I, I actually thought it was the ultimate Frisbee match happening mm. in the other field. And I turned around and I was immediately struck by a large white truck mm. and uh, was, you know, rolling, rolling underneath and got dragged 86 feet and got third degree burns all over 70% of my lower body. And while I was underneath the truck, I died and had the whole near death experience that you hear people recount where you see yourself, you you leave your body, you go towards the light of your understanding. And, you know, when I came back, I spent over a year and a half living in a hospital setting, first in the Michigan ICU on life support, and then choppered back to Washington, D.C. Bethesda Naval Hospital. Um, where my burns would get debreeded three and four times a day to prevent gangrene. And, you know, when I was under the truck, and finally when all of the women at the festival lifted the truck up off of me, um, we heard the one police officer and the five gentlemen, you know, talk about how, you know, they saw a nigger in the road and they just ran me over. Mm, mm, mm. How, you know, in that moment... Quite honestly, I, I got to tell you, it was almost like being out of body literally still where I could feel how their kind of raucous, you know, let's just go, da, 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 you know, whatever they were thinking about when they decided in their drunken stupor to go do something ridiculous like this turned into a colossal crime mm-hmm. <laughs> against yes. nature. And mm-hmm. I actually felt their angst and pain around it believe it or not. And when I was in the hospital, I, I really held that feeling that the complexity of life and the complexity of emotion in my heart as I was healing, even though I was, you know, in the hospital for over a year and a half on life support with all these burns in severe pain Mm -hmm. as the five, um, you know, rounds of doctors I had to have Bone doctors, skin doctors, internal organ doctors, you know, every, every 
branch of doctor. (laughs) (laughs) The whole team. The whole team, everybody everywhere. So I was constantly being seen. But I remember how the psychiatrist kept saying to me, you know, it's really okay for you to be angry and get angry at these boys. And, you know, know, it's time for you to let that anger out. And I remember saying to him and thinking that that is just so not where I need to put my energy. I need <laughs> to really focus on getting out of here. Mm-hmm. I need to focus on maximizing my healing mm-hmm. so I don't have the time, energy, or desire to process mm-hmm. what they were going through, which drove them to this place. And so, you know, it was a powerful thing to have to be your own health advocate as well while people mm-hmm. are working outside of you every time you know a doctor would come in they'd say well today we're gonna have to cut your legs off mm-hmm. to prevent gangrene and I would say when I could I couldn't say it because I had tubes all in me in my mouth and my arms and my chest I would just kind of write it on this little piece of paper I would say not today mm-hmm. not today <laughs> maybe tomorrow but not today and mm-hmm. I really had to focus so deeply on getting through the severe pain. And I, I don't know if you've ever experienced a topical burn where just the top layer of your skin is burned. You put a little aloe on it, you keep it moving. But a mm-hmm. third degree burn is referred to as a full thickness burn. It destroys the outer layer of skin and the entire layer beneath. And that's where all of our nerves, our blood vessels, our glands, mm-hmm. all the way down to our muscle gets burned down to there. So you have to get skin grafts because the epidermis and hair follicles are completely destroyed. And, you know, burn pain is noted by all physicians as the most intense and prolonged type of pain. It's just so severe. So even the permanent IV morphine drip that I had going all the time really did nothing. It was truly prayer and music Mm. that saved me. Mm. It really is. That might be a moment to to listen to a little bit of the music you listen to then, yes? Yes, absolutely. Could you remind me the name of that music? It's by this this incredible musician from Washington, D.C., where I'm from, named Brother Ah. And he does a lot of work around the world with different music ensembles. And at this particular time, he was working with different sounds. He has albums called things like Meditations and Light from the Womb, where he just plays these very ambient, abstract sounds that take you into this deep, sacred space. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, check it out. It's great. There we go. That kind of like flowy, watery sounding kind Mm -hmm. of uh, things in motion that didn't have words. It was difficult to hear things with words because it just put my mind back into that kind of intellectual processing place. And I needed to be out of that. Mm -hmm. I needed to be out of body. I needed to kind of create my own transcendental space where I could focus completely on uh, rising above the pain and going inward and healing from the inside out. Mm. And so I had a lot of different Reiki practitioners come drumming prayers. I mean, I truly believe that it wasn't just music. It was everything. It was Western <laughs> medicine, complementary medicine, mm-hmm. friends, family, prayers, you know, from the nuns in Italy, everywhere. Everything came together and culminated in me being able to walk out of that hospital with both of my legs, without a limp, without you know, permanent crutches or in a wheelchair. I would use both of those to get through, but I'm, I'm able to walk and, and run and travel all over the world. And it's really taught me how to embrace the beauty in life and all of its incarnations and painful places, which is how I can work with refugee children and hear all of those horrible stories from others who experience PTSD like I did after the accident, you know, yeah. things that you never know about until you go through it. Until you go through it. Until you mm-hmm. go through it. Mm-hmm. And as you came out of that, were you kind of aware of being changed right away or, you mm. know, did it, did it gradually absorb in you that, that something really big had, had happened in you? Mm. That's a good question. You know, I think it was a little bit of both. I think I knew immediately that I would never be the same. That's mm-hmm. for sure. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, the, kind of um, sweet, 
you know, oh, Southern Girl Hospitality kind of a thing where you don't really say what's so um, went by the wayside. I needed mm. to speak that truth right away. And so I became a diehard activist. I was out marching, even though I was raised in that space as well. I mean, my parents mm-hmm. took us to every march in D.C. and we were always <laughs> active and very present. But it became very clear to me that this was a very, a very deep calling being able to be very active in the community and in the world to affect positive change is something that you can't sit down and read about in the paper and kind of uh, be easy about it and go, oh, yeah, let's go to this lovely little drum circle over here. It takes work. It takes, you know, being a true foot soldier for justice and peace mm-hmm. and, and love is, is a is a serious condition (laughs) it's not for sissies it's not for sissies absolutely absolutely Uh yeah so what i hear in the way you're talking is that you had those ideas before but that that experience sort of infused them with uh, a, a compelling need to act that's right. Because all we have now is now. When you die and come back, you realize that that's really the deal. Yeah. While you're mm-hmm. here, this is what you've got to do. This is what you have time for. This is what you make time for. This is how you embrace life by being in it, mm-hmm. by being active in it. You don't watch it on television. You don't write about it in a book. You go out there and you get in it. And, you know, when you, when you experience that kind of in your face nowness, <laughs> there's no going back. There's no once you've taken that red pill, honey. There's no going back. <laughs> it's yeah, that's, really there. That's really a perfect moment to play the next cut, being in love, because I feel as if that phrase somehow comes directly out of what what you went through. Yes. So let's let's listen to the And popcorn and fresh lemonade Dazzling aurora moon Twinkling stars above But nothing is just like Being in Time. Better than June bugs in June. Better than sunshine on Sunday. Better than Saturday morning cartoons. Better than fried catfish and barbecue. Better than pink lemonade. Better than riding mm. on a horseback. Better than swinging in the shade. Better than rainbows in the sky. Or watching eagles soaring high. Better than anything except being in love. Join us after the break. We'll be talking more about the work on Michaela's doing around the world. In these few minutes, you can go to my homepage at the station, and you can also go and check out on Michaela's website, www.amikaeyla.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. If you think you've seen online TV before, 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Save on your prescriptions with the RX Savings Plus drug discount card offered by Voice America. It is not insurance and discounts are only available from participating pharmacies, but 9 out of 10 pharmacies participate nationwide. Start saving today. Print your free card online at voiceamerica.rxsavingsplus.com or text the word Talk Radio to 96362. Listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Open my heart. Welcome back. This is Cheryl Jones the host of Good Grief. You can find me at Voice America at my website, www.weatheringgrief.com. And today I am so blessed to be here with Alma Kayla, author of Embracing Dynamite, Worldwide UN Ambassador, Healing Refugees Through Music, and Accomplished Musician. So I want to talk more about this uh, method that you have of using music for healing mm. uh you know when i hear the word method i'm thinking "Ooh, there are steps <laughs> <laughs> step one step two. maybe <laughs> you want to tell well, me something more about all that you know i gotta tell you the methodology really comes primarily in being open to what is going to happen just like today we had to be open to mm-hmm. all the beautiful loving challenges that technology brings it's really about being open and so when you take people through the digging process down into their own, you know, the unlocking of their true authentic self through powerful self-expression, you know, you're, you're, you're opening up the space for them to take lemons and make delicious lemonade. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's really what my book, Embracing Dynamite, is about. It's about you know, living your best life through the power of sound and spirit. And that sound could be music. That sound could be, you know, yelling and screaming. That sound can be just silence, the most powerful sound of all. Mm-hmm. You know, every time that I've been plopped into some beautiful space, you know, because when you partner with different places like the United Nations or the Department of State or any of these, you know, big government organizations or when I partner with different health organizations, you don't know what you're going to encounter, who you're going to encounter and how they will encounter you. Mm-hmm. And so really, it's about being open to the organicness of that interaction. And so step one in the methodology is that, be open. And then step two of the methodology is allowing people to share who they be, mm. where they're at, and then we dig deeper into their authentic self by, by different exercises, different different, you know, drumming always cracks everybody open. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves to drum. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Everybody loves to share their favorite song from when they were a child, especially, you know, when their culture is is being obliterated. Like these Iraqi refugee people, Mm -hmm. they were so excited to have someone ask them to teach them songs from their childhood. Mm -hmm. They just woke up. They started singing Uh and dancing. We started dancing so hard the little girl broke a table and glasses broke everywhere. <laughs> she was so afraid that she was going to get in trouble by her parents. But they were like, no, don't worry. It's in fun. We're making love. We're making life. Mm, and mm. that was their response. They were mm. able to remember 
by recounting it to me because when you're so shut down and you know you're a therapist Cheryl you know when people are shut down and they're in that really reserved a frightened place where they just need this quiet corner to feel safe mm-hmm. they can't get out and no one can get in mm-hmm. except music mm-hmm. except music it's mm-hmm. the only thing and whether you ignite it in them to remember you know sharing stories is also that has the same impact mm-hmm. you know a lot of different art modalities, poetry, hip-hop, you know, when you bring all of these things together, which is why my organization, you know, the International Cultural Arts and Healing Sciences, that's what it's really about. How we can tap into that place of healing through self-expression and share our true authentic story with the world in a safe way. That's mm. really what it's about. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I'll bet you have collected some really amazing songs too along the way if you've got people (laughs) you know singing to you about from the depths of their hearts oh i have Uh, to share one right now if i could absolutely Uh, it's uh when i was in palestine one of the girl contestants that i was mentioning earlier pulled me aside and she said sit ami which means miss ami um i wrote this song because i knew you were coming from america and I said, okay, I'd love to hear it. And it goes like this. We are the children of Palestine. We are the children of the Holy Land. We are living in poverty in the villages, towns, and big cities. We're seeking change, not charity. We're seeking change, not charity. If food, shelter, and play in school is not for me, only for you, then what is freedom? What is right? And it just knocked me on my oh. My behind. Oh. It knocked me out. And I said, okay. Like I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if you go to my organization's website, org, and you go to the video gallery, she's right there. You can mm. see her sing it live. It's mm. She sang it to me. I started to cry. I dragged her outside. I said, you sing to this video camera. Uh-huh. So I can take this back and share it with the people because... Through that simple song, one minute and 30 seconds of heartfelt expression, she cracked me open. She cracked everybody in that room wide open to hear what she had to say further, Mm -hmm. to give her more than one minute and 30 seconds of our time. It was just amazing. And, And that's it. That's what I have the beauty and pleasure of doing as I go around the world and meet these incredible beings from from. Again, boardroom to classroom to to village hut to refugee concrete shack. It's it's the same. We're, we really are all the same. We all just want to be able to have food, shelter, and play in school. <laughs> that's it. We just uh-huh. want to do that. Uh huh. And that's also, th- the thing that's striking me about what you're saying is is what an antidote to helplessness that is. Mm. To be able to express. And have other people understand what you're expressing must be so empowering. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it's, uh, you know, one of those things where you just have to kind of step into the knowing that if we are all one and if we do want to embrace the dynamite, the, the spectacular as well as the explosive mm-hmm. in each other, then we can move through to something new and beautiful that we don't even know exists. Mm-hmm. We don't even know is there. And if we aren't still enough and courageous enough and curious enough, then can we get to it? We have to put down the computer and the things that just kind of keep us, you know, inside, really. <laughs> they keep us inside instead of going outside to play. I encourage everyone, big and small, to go outside and play. Mm, and you know a lot about being kept inside, so. Yes. I, I feel that's in there. <laughs> Absolutely. When I was in that hospital bed and I was looking out the window at all the cars rushing by, I remember thinking, do they even know how lucky they are to be outside stuck in traffic? Isn't that a funny thought? But, you know, for Mm -hmm. people that are trapped in pain, be they trapped in a hospital or just in the pain in their mind and their heart, 
you know, we take so many things for granted, like being able to get in our car and get stuck in traffic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and not be in an accident. And not be in an accident. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Exactly. You know, something is staying with me from earlier. You were talking about how you were going to start medical school. Yeah. And I don't think you're a doctor. No. (laughs) (laughs) Can you talk a little about that? Absolutely. You know, I did go to medical school. I actually went for two years and completed that master's program in that way. But I got to tell you, when we crossed the bridge from student to being an active doctor, and we were told that we only had six to nine minutes to be with a patient, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't, because I'd been a patient, and mm-hmm. you can't really affect healing in that way. And so I was always just running up against these barriers between what they're taught to teach us and what I needed them to teach me as someone who was helping patients. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, since then, you know, things have come around and I think Western medicine has become much more embracing of, of different modalities and ways of participating. But, you know, hospital as business model is a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And so I even think, you know, physicians who, who really do intend to be there to help and to, to cure and to heal are restricted in many ways from doing that in a maximum capacity. So I knew that before I went any further, I needed to be on the end where I felt I could affect the most change. And so I needed to go. Mm-hmm. And so I left. I chose to not continue. And it's been a hard but beautiful decision all along the way and you know I have many friends that completed and became physicians and you know I work with them now (laughs) with my Mm -hmm. organization Mm -hmm. and you know we implement we work from both angles into bringing full comprehensive healing to people in the body mind and spirit capacity and I just I think our life is such a big beautiful thing to stay stuck in the confines of what we think is one way the right way the one path the universe throws us a lovely curveball and gives us an opportunity to either see it as a wonderful opportunity (laughs) Mm. and challenge us to grow from it um which is how I like to hold it, or to, or to continue to stay in a, a, a very typical path of, you know, oh, woe is me. And even though the woe is very real, there's ways to move through to make good grief, a la show. <laughs> good grief, so, Charlie Brown. <laughs> what, that, what that brings to my mind is that the painful experiences are not a choice, but how we respond to them. Their opportunity involves choice. That's right. To whatever degree we can bring to it at the moment. That's right. Mm-hmm. To staying in that place of wild abandon and surrender, mm-hmm. which really allows for maximum artistic expression and exploration. It really does, you know. Mm-hmm. Like on my album, Being in Love, I took that, that song better than and changed the old standards lyrics and Change it to what I grew up loving, fried catfish and barbecue and like, <laughs> you know? Like, if we take what we're given and flip it on its head and, and personalize it and make it our own, tapping into our true authentic self, healing abounds, beauty abounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, boy, that's, that's such a beautiful place to kind of begin to think about ending our conversation, which I have to tell you I don't want to do <laughs> but an hour is an hour yeah thank you so much for having me on oh, I really I, and I really so appreciate pleased. you having this show it's a beautiful thing to talk about this deep transformation and how it can change your entire life the trajectory of your life it's 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 a good thing that you're doing thank you oh thank you you mm-hmm. know what I would love what's that I would love if you would sing a song to to um begin to end the show oh wonderful okay thank you i will uh this was another song that i sang um when i was in syria and it's a it's a song from west africa and it's a a prayer and it's a lullaby Ishe olua 
Koleba Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It has been my great honor and privilege to have you here today, Michaela. Likewise. Thank you, Cheryl. I, I'm going to tell people where to find you because I know they're going to want to. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can find Michaela at www.amikaela, that's A-M-I-K-A-E-Y-L-A dot com, or at my host page. There's a link there. Um, next week, join us for Dina Joseph, an end-of-life chaplain who has some important lessons she's learned from the dying about how to live. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. Don't forget to go to the Good Grief homepage at Voice America to email me, like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, connect on LinkedIn, call the station, and I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.